The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Pinball Party. Hello. Welcome to Pinball Party Episode 12. This is Miff. We have a great show for you today. Oh man, what are you doing? What? I, th- I mean, I'm feeling alright. I think I-, I think I can do it. Well, this show has to go on. Well, yeah, no shit, but <laughs> listen, you robotic ass, that was your fault. Eat shit. You eat shit, man. I'm the one who's got a fucking concussion. You wanted a buffalo. Oh, bullshit. You know, I meant the buffalo pinball guys, you twat. Cannot compute. Clearly. Jeez, I'm on the paper. Uh, all right, I mean... Find it, man. We got backups. You got maybe we can at least give a recording of what the hell we're talking about. Yes. All right. Yeah. Play it. Hello and welcome to episode twelve of the Pinball Party Podcast. We have a fantastic show for you today. We have the Buffalo Pinball guys here. So without further ado, Meff, bring in our guests. Hey, what the fuck? Yo, Meff, what? Is that, is that a goddamn buffalo? Yes. Is that a fucking house? Yes. Ah, you fucking idiot, what'd you do? What? Get down! Oh, oh shit! Oh, fuck. Ah. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck, 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 Eat my lasers, you hairy fuck. Yeah, get him, man! Fuck yeah! Get him! Die. Watch out, man! Die, 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 die. Yeah, you got him. I got him good. Oh. For the podcast. For the podcast. Yeah, so if it wasn't clear, Mr. Genius Meff used our remaining final round funds in order to goddamn buffalo from Africa. He had it shipped here and it just destroyed my whole house. Put me in the hospital and it's just like, oh, I'll just do the podcast myself. Yes. Anyway, yeah, F, I mean, come on, man, get it together. You know I love you. I love you too. But man, try harder. I will try harder next time. I am sorry, Jason. Ah, it's all right, man. You got him in the end. Oh, man, you showed that fucking buffalo. Yes. But man, this, this place stinks. Just a rotting corpse. We're going to have to we'll deal with that later. We got to get this podcast done. See you in a bit. Smooches. Okay. We have ourselves an awesome episode today, full of content. You know, stuffed like a turkey's anus on Thanksgiving. Or me on cheat days when I pound a whole pizza and inevitably hate myself for it. Or, uh, you know, right when you graduate and you got a shitload of student debt. I don't know, use your own metaphor. We got a great show. First and foremost, I just wanted to circle back on a little Mandalorian topper opinions. Uh, or my own opinion, I should say. I've had a, a few days to kind of like let it sink in, get over the initial price craziness of $2,000, and just give it some some real thoughts. And let's start with the price. $2,000. Is that too much? In my opinion, like for what you get, uh, yeah, but not like ludicrously so, but slightly. Here's what I would expect for $2,000. For those who want, there's a nice uh, unboxing video out there. You can go check. There's a little, you know... Quality control-ish, very, very slightly, like a sticker is off-kilter, but the screen looks great. Everything is, is, is as intended, but for $2,000, I would expect 
honestly, those who say, oh, but it comes with a new mode, that sucks. No, that's fucking great. If you're spending $2,000 on a topper, I would hope you get a new mode. In fact, I would hope you would get three new modes and a wizard mode for that game to kind of, you know, there's, that's how each of those are set up. There's, there's three modes and there's a wizard mode and then there's an ultimate wizard mode. Add a fourth. Then $2,000 might be a little more worth it. And the other thing is a kind of elephant in the room is, is who's looking up there? Who's looking up at the topper with this awesome screen while you're playing? Not you. So on location, yes, it's an eye candy attractor. At home, walking by, you can marvel at it and go, oh, wow, that's cool. Or someone watching you can see it in, in its all its glory, and that's great. $2,000, great. I don't know. I mean, that's up to you. Another thought is I often skip the videos anyways in pinball. Or I should say, you know, when you get into a scoop and you're like, I've seen it a million times, just hit both the flippers and skip it. And I'm sure a lot of you do. For the pinball players that play a lot, you see the animation a couple times, you don't want to see it again. Jurassic Park Premium. How many times do I need to see that T-Rex gobble the ball? I don't need to see it anymore. It's awesome. And to newcomers, it's awesome. But this topper is essentially adding even more of that. I, I haven't had my hands on it. I don't know if it's skippable video, if it adds any more. But, but if it does, it's just another layer of in the home, someone who plays a lot of pinball, who often skips those cutscenes, if you will. That's something I don't need. And if we keep going down this road of more and more expensive toppers or just more accessories to a game, they better keep adding, as we're calling it, DLC, like in a video game. However, the, the difference with DLC in a video game is you're actually adding more content. As in, maybe there's new levels, there's new gear if it's an RPG, there's new mechanics. In pinball, the controls are the same, right? You're still having two buttons, two flippers, the shots are the same. There's no difference in gameplay whatsoever. There might be something different you aim at and some difference in the code, but don't fool yourself into thinking that, quote, DLC, quote, in pinball is anywhere the same as it, in, is, as it is in video games. A lot of us out there, including myself, are very well versed in video games and what DLC can and cannot offer. Sometimes DLC, excuse the acronym of those who aren't, DLC means downloadable content, additional content. In video games, sometimes that content is like 10 additional hours all these side quests, all these new things to do, or additional content is something like, let's say Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, a whole new almost game in that game. It's different. There's different controls. There's different things you can do. In pinball, not only is it significantly more expensive, for those who are wondering what's DLC cost to a $60 video game, more often than not, less than what it costs for a new game, way less, 10 to $30, let's say, in pinball, yeah, it's still less, but $2,000 still doesn't feel less. So I don't want to get hung up or everyone think, well, it's just DLC. It's the inevitable evolution of this. I would expect a lot more DLC for $2,000 and a lot more change to the game, like an actual mechanical change, similar to the P3, you know, an actual full new thing. Then I would really be interested in, quote, pinball DLC or video modes. You could do DLC video modes. You can add new things. I think that's just some of my thoughts on what this actual DLC means in pinball. And if we really want to get crazy and go down the evolution of what does DLC eventually fall into, if history is any indication in video games, DLC evolves into loot boxes. Loot boxes, basically just another kind of form of gambling. And 
I'll tell you, I don't want gambling in my pinball machine. Now, nah, I don't want to cry wolf and say that that's the evolution. But if, if, if we look at what it eventually comes to when the manufacturers see, well, we can get more money if we add on here and we can start giving less and less and charging even less. But then we can get these kind of, well, it's all behind a paywall. Just pay a couple bucks on Insider Connected. Maybe you'll get this. Maybe you'll get a skin for your Mandalorian on the screen. You know, there's while some of it could be cool. Let's try to keep it optional and let's try not to go down the road of loot boxes so then we have to get into the court system and start legalizing some of this. But that's just the thoughts I've had over the last couple of weeks as opposed to my initial sticker shock of $2,000. What the fuck? I still feel like that, but there's a little more to it. Let's check in with listeners, emails. Thanks for emailing in at pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com. This first one comes from a TED, Doc Finlay. And he says, enjoy the show. Great job. Please let your listeners know about my site, pinballprices.com. It's a free used pinball price guide. Let me know if you have any questions on the site. I have over 8,300 verified sales on the site and covers more than 1,300 titles. Thanks and great show. I am saying go check out pinballprices.com for a couple reasons. One, yeah, he emailed in. Thanks for emailing him. But two, I've used it in the past and I think it's a great resource. I asked him as a follow-up, you know, are, are you getting, you know, kind of back-end information from other sites? And he's like, no, it's actually really a labor of love, and he's, he's doing everything manual for now. And I think it's important. I mentioned last time, or maybe it was the time before, when we are talking about kind of uh, prices on the secondary market or pin side of you can't really rely too much on the, you know, they put the means or the mean price or the median price. It's just not you have very skewed results either from COVID or way before and all that. You know, Again, your best bet is kind of look at the previous, I don't know, let's say three to six months and just use your best judgment. Pinball Prices aims to correct that and really take an aggregate of everything as much as we can and get a fair price. I think this benefits everyone. It benefits everyone except for the flippers. However, the flippers want to take advantage of people anyways. So get the fuck out of here. Pinballprices.com. Let's help make these prices even more accurate in the future and we can all feel safe with our purchases and not lose money when we don't have to. Got another email from a Joe in Maryland. Uh, A little lengthy, so I'm going to summarize some of this, but uh, Jason, I just listened to episode 11. I'm a big fan of Triple Drain, so enjoyed your conversation with Joel. Hey, you're not the only one. So did I, man. Uh, And I'm a Pinball Network regular and your show was recommended. Well, that's nice. I've caught the past few episodes and have enjoyed the show. I found your extended figured out spot on with buying, selling games and observations. As someone who likes to mod games, I was interested in your views on mods that add value that could be recovered if, when one sold the game. And yeah, if I didn't make that point last time, it wasn't, let's just make an objective. Here's what values, what it's, it's try not to lose money. You're trying not to assume you put five grand in a machine and you're going to get it back. It's just a, you know, a subtle warning if you may or may not. So anyway, back to the email on modern games. Like Stern Sam Spike 2, the soundtracks can be very good. Mando, Deadpool, Godzilla, etc. And the pro premium games with the speakers are total crap and an embarrassment to be put in a seven to $9,000 machine, in my opinion. Uh, I a thousand percent agree with you, bro. So I have added Pinwoofer kits to my my Spike 2 games and it has made a tremendous difference as Pinwoofer kits are around $400 and are great value. See latest Buffalo show for interview with founder Dan. Oh, you fucking email and segue and son of a bitch. I agree with everything you said. And he gave a couple other recommendations on, on some mods, which, which I agree with, pin sound, etc. But man, if he didn't set me up for one of the best segues in podcast history, why don't you check out the latest Buffalo show with the Buffalo pinball guys and see what they think? Uh, I guess maybe I will, Mr. Smarty Pants. Well, here's Nick Lane and Kevin Manny from Buffalo Pinball. 
Welcome, Nick and Kevin. Thanks for joining me on the pinball party. Hey, thanks for having us. It's, a, it's an honor to be invited. I am surprised how quick it was. Uh, I guess you said that you guys like to make dreams come true. Is that? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so uh, my friend Ian, uh, known as Gamma Goat online, he, uh, he's like, you guys got a shout out on the... Uh, on the pinball party, I'm like, what's the pinball party? <laughs> should I know what that is? Yeah. No, you he's like, he's like, oh, it's a podcast on TPN. I was like, all right, well, uh, you know, selfishly, I'm going to go check out what he said about us. And you said yeah. very nice things. And there are a lot of times uh, in this hobby when people don't say nice things. Uh, so it was like, all right, let's get together with this guy. Uh, you know, if 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 you're not threatening to punch us in the face after your review of pinball machine, then let's talk. <laughs> I mean, I might be, I might be kind of a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, but no, I honestly, yeah, I've <laughs> throughout the years of doing this, um, you know, like it's just a hobby, whatever. I spend my time on pin side or looking at YouTube videos and Twitch and you guys were always just kind of there, uh, and, and not in a negative way, like, Oh, you're just there. So, but like the, the reviews that you guys would do either on the, uh, on the podcast, uh, or bro, do you even talk pinball? And then the, the Twitch stuff, I just kind of aligned with how you kind of did it casually. We were just like honest and didn't, even though you have sponsors and all that, you seemed always just very honest and fair and like, which I think this this needs more of. Um, and I just spend my time, you know, not to be weird, looking at your face a lot on Twitch or whatever. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that got me to be specific was this, I, th- I don't remember if it was a podcast or a video, or maybe it was because you sometimes do both at the same time, was... Uh, when you re-reviewed Black Knight Sword of Rage, and I think it was Nick more than you, Kevin, but kind of like after the code updates, it was just kind of the sentiment of you should take a second look at this. Uh, and I did. And then I bought one because of your review. So, you know, Nick, how do you feel about making me spend $5,000 on a pinball machine that I was not going to get? Did you get so, a pro? Oh, of course. Okay, good. Then I feel I feel, I feel, feel good. Like it's, it's a good game and you spent... You spent five thousand on it. You said, uh, actually, it was more like forty seven hundred. But yeah. Oh, dude, then you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> even if yeah. you hate it, even if you hate it, you made money. Yeah. Well, I played the the premium or whatever at uh, on location, and I, even before you said anything, that upper playfield, I'm like, what? I don't. What the fuck am I doing up here? I, I don't want to yeah, be up here. It's too bad because I, I look at that game and and I would totally get a premium of that game if if the premium was as good um but it's not because i mean and, and the problem with that game is like black knight is synonymous with an upper playfield the first one had that upper playfield second one etc so to not have an upper playfield in a black knight game it feels really weird and, and also for a game to have like you know it, it has a huge chunk of the game missing like a lot of times a pro and premium there's there's some toy differences it's not night and day you can look at a playfield really quickly and not be able to spot the difference is for maybe a good 10 seconds. That one you can spot up in the first second. So it feels a lot of the time like, man, they, they've really cut everything out of the game. And yet I think, um, yeah, I don't think the the premium Ellie is that fun. I, I played it a little bit out of friends and just it did nothing for me being up there. It was, I don't say clunky, but you're up there just kind of bashing around. A lot of times you're missing things. Uh, it's slowing the game down. I know you can even spot shots up there for a mode. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of like you're always just trying to get up there and then you can spot mode shots. So it didn't work for me. Um, I think that, again, I think the pros a great value 
it's the uh, better game it's brutal and we just uh, streamed it the other night and they had a lot of fun on it and uh kevin i assume is that, is that your son that plays with you a lot of times yeah yeah, yeah. on the stream okay mm-hmm. uh what's hey i'm gonna get to something soon but i'm just totally tangent what's his favorite it's fine. game let's go yeah let's what's his favorite game shit. yeah um I, probably jersey jack pirates it's hard to say it changes a little bit we just oh, we shit. picked up a godzilla because we played that on we were on vacation in florida and we played it um at the pinball lounge just just outside of uh orlando and yeah we both really like it so we ended up selling wonka and getting that so uh-huh. yeah it, it changes but i think his overall favorite is probably pirates okay that's a game i've only played like twice and like and it's not one that like oh i'll just i'll pick one up sometime just to play it for like fuck well just like <laughs> sell a car maybe just yeah. to try to find one mm-hmm. um so i haven't put i've maybe played four games total and it's that's not enough to even know like what the fuck am i doing you know is it from what i hear here quote you know read on pinside or whatever is it great is it shit i mean it's his favorite game but like what's the sell me on it i guess oh it's a it's an incredible game it's got uh, a fun rule set where you can, if you like to stack up a bunch of stuff you can stack everything in this game so six multi-balls modes uh it's got all the different characters you can pick so there's a lot of different strategy you can employ when you when you fire up the game it's like all right how do how do i want to focus my gameplay or what what which one of these captains is going to kind of align with my gameplay style mm. um it's got awesome toys and stuff so like the the moving ship in the upper right that you know you can fire a cannon across the play field and sink another ship it's you know the the whirlpool ramp i just you know it's a great mix of uh uh interactive toys and good rule set and you know it's got um, a cool uh david thiel sound package so it's just kind of mm. got it all got it all going for it he's my favorite for sure for sound yeah uh he's incredible so the difference between the I forget the models C E L E F E fuck you whatever they are the, yeah. the main difference is that like from what I read it's the kind of that star thing in the background right and then like do they have the separate spinning discs or did that never happen? So the three spinning discs never happen. So the only the only real difference I guess is the star map in the back. The other is like cosmetic stuff. So uh, you get just like stainless steel armor on the the standard edition uh there's like some, some like rock sculpts and stuff that you can just buy mods for and replace you know okay. um but yeah the, the gameplay is basically the same and the the star map is pretty it's pretty uh low on the priority list when you're playing that game like it'll show you things but i think it'll just kind of happen you don't really have to pay attention to that okay well to, to for the listeners to totally like fix this whiplash like what the fuck's even happening let me say who buffalo pinball is and then let it, why you guys are here and some of the history i'm just going to read this i'm stealing this right from your website just to do it you know a tldr buffalo pinball celebrates all things pinball in the greater buffalo area established in 2013 the goal of buffalo pinball is to bring together all levels of pinball aficionados from the casual player to the collector to those crazy enough to drive hours away to compete in tournaments so it, it started in 2013 and what was what was it? was it you two getting together and just like let's do this or just kind of organically grew tell me give me it yeah, yeah. well nick wrote that mission statement so i'll let him uh take this yeah that was written in in 2013 um i don't even know if we had a league then but you know i moved to buffalo uh for a job at the university at the t- at the time um it was december 2010 got my first pinball in 2011 and i i absolutely got hooked um a couple months later, I played in Pinburg in 2011, 
And uh, fast fact, there was I think there's only 37 people that have played in all the uh, Pinbergs from 2011 to the last one, and I was one of them. Um, but I, I was so hooked, I just drove by myself and, and started playing and, and got hooked on tournaments. And I, I looked around Buffalo, and there really wasn't a pinball presence like these other cities had. I mean, Pittsburgh, I was super jealous of them. Um, they're they're relatively close, being three and a half hours away, and they they just had their act together. Um, so one of my dream was, you know, hopefully one day Buffalo can get some kind of semblance of that. Maybe not at their level, but you know, we can maybe get some leagues, some tournaments. Um, I met Kevin in 2012 when I bought an ACDC Pro, and I there was like this collector group that I had found on Facebook, and I put it out there, hey. You know, um, I, anybody's welcome to come over for the unboxing, which is, you know, I think that the spirit in this hobby that I had learned early on was there's some other collectors that kind of opened their doors when they would have get togethers or events or tournaments. And I was kind of blown away by that. And, and I think that's really inspiring. So I did that same thing. Met Kevin. Uh, Kevin didn't even have any pinball machines at the time. He had a bunch of arcade games. What a um, fucking loser, huh? Yeah, yeah seriously. And but look at where Kevin is now. I'm so proud of this of this journey. But um, yeah, I found out Kevin. Kevin was also starting um, a job where I was working at the time, so we became fast friends. And um, I think I ran the first known official IFPA tournament from my house in April 2013, and then um, quickly decided, hey, we needed to spin up a league. So we did the league in fall of 2013. Started then doing tournaments on location. Then we spun up um, uh, streaming in January of 2015. I think there was only maybe maybe two other streamers at the time. And our, our goal with streaming at the time was a couple months prior, Kevin and I were doing this kind of learn how to play pinball at, at this location in Buffalo, right? And somebody had reached out and they were like, man, I'd love to attend but I can't get out there that day. And I'm like, well, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we stream how to play? Like, why, why are we limiting it to location, right? We don't need to do that. So that was kind of the genesis of um, Brody Even Pinball. Um, you know, starting January 2015, we're still going strong with that. It's, it's, it's always kind of that learning aspect. That's why we do a tutorial when we first play. And then it's, um, you know, we always kind of got our group of friends that are playing with us. And, and I think the other aspect of that is I, I absolutely love getting together with my friends to play pinball. And it's a good excuse to do that. Um, but I guess we got to go for the pretense of setting up cameras and, and streaming it to the internet, but I'll, I'll take what I can get. And it's just kind of showing pinball off in that fun kind of learning environment. Um, yeah. And then we, we spun up the podcast. Sorry, this is a, a long story, but no, no, we no. Spun love up, it. Uh, we spun up the podcast in 2016, February, 2016. And I, I think, you know, Kevin and I had a, 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 a long-singing ritual of getting tacos once a week for lunch. So we, we always talk pinball, of course. That's all we talk about. And I thought our conversations were kind of, um, I, I just thought some people would like to hear that, right? I thought there was, there's always things that are kind of humorous in our conversations and, and informative. And I'm like, I bet people would listen to this. So, and, and again, that's, that's been our anger. Let's, let's, let's educate people. And let's also entertain them. So we spun the podcast up in, in uh, February, 2016. And, you know, a, a couple other cool things we've done along the way we threw, um, we, we ran three Papa circuit tournaments in, um, 2016, 2017 and 2018. Um, so we just have a long history of, of running tournaments and things kind of, uh, we kind of were burned out with the last one that we did in 2018, which was a hell of a way to go out. We had, uh, tournament at a yacht club and it was amazing 
Um, it's yeah. really fun. But uh, after years of, of doing these big tournaments, um, I think we, we kind of took a step back and then, then COVID hit. So kind of in a, we're kind of in a good place and a weird place where we've, we've kind of taken a couple steps back. Um, but again, we're going strong, I think with the podcast and, and, and streaming and we still got our, our league, which has been going on almost 10 years now. Yeah. And the things that I, you know, I'm not to lump it into these three categories, but what I consume your media, I should say the most is one, the podcast monthly. I wish it was more, but Hey, you know, life busy. Um, I love it. Um, the, the Twitch streams, which are, like you said, it's kind of like when, one of you first gets a game, it seems like you do like this tutorial, whether it's Nick or Kevin saying like talking to the other people at your house and uh, the audience, which is awesome. It's like this tutorial and stream at the same time. And then there's kind of the streams, which are just your general stream. Um, so that's the three main things that I am. I, am I missing something? Is there other stuff you guys are doing that I'm lagging behind on watching or listening to? Um, I think Kevin can fill in the gap. I'm, I'm personally an, uh, pinball operator. I started operating in 2017 with some other, uh, collectors, um, again, I've got two locations now, um, Masuda Chow's and Community Beer Works in, in, in Buffalo. Um, but I, th- I think that's it. Kevin, are we missing anything? Yeah, I, I think the only other thing I wanted to touch on was like some of the cool opportunities we've had through uh, streaming and stuff. It's like, you know, we've we've partnered up with Jersey Jack and been able to do some of their reveal streams. You know, we were talking about Pirates. We mm. got to reveal that from uh, Pinball Expo. I think that was 2016. And then we did um, Wonka and Dialed In and, uh, you know, Jersey um, GNR was awesome. Like, so that had during uh, during the pandemic and there we were like, what the heck are we going to do? How are we going to reveal this? Because we can't get together. Uh, so they shipped me one before anybody else had. I had never even seen the game. So I got to unbox the game without ever knowing what it looked like or anything like that. Uh, and then we did the reveal from my house. So it was like uh, having these cool uh, opportunities. And, you know, I remember back to hanging out with Pat Lawler backstage before uh, Wonka got revealed. And be, so the my entry to pinball was was um, the Adams Family. That's the game I remember playing yep. way back in the day. And so, I, you know, as I as he's showing me his brand new game before anybody else in the public has seen it, I'm like, how cool is this? Right. Like, I'm he's, he's giving me the overview, the guy that like really got me hooked on a pinball. Um, it's pretty crazy. Some of the, uh, the things we've been able to do and it's been a good run. That's awesome. I, <laughs> when you talk about the podcast last episode, I don't know why this one got me. It's, it's rare that, you know, you're listening to a podcast and doing something by yourself, literally by yourself. I was mowing the lawn, listening to Brody even talk pinball and you actually laugh out loud because you know, it's whatever, it's just not happening. But something that you said, Nick, when you, <laughs> you were talking about uh, American pinball, and I agree, like I, this, I don't know how it's going to last. No offense to them. It's just like uh, whatever company as a whole. But when you were like uh, kind of ruminating on the name of the pinball and you called it Fruit Bash, <laughs> which is totally not even fucking close. Um, I, but I, I thought, you know, that's probably a better name a better theme than like galactic tank force. The other ones are coming up with. And I was thinking of doing a quick random word generator to see if we could come up with a better name for a game. If they're not going to do theme and they don't think theme's important, which it absolutely is. Um, so I just got this random word generator up. All right, we got these words. Okay. We got sweet and then rigid. No. Okay. Uh, serious beef. Serious beef, is pretty, serious beef is pretty. Serious beef is pretty good. One, <laughs> <laughs> uh, camera mailbox, uh, terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scatter 
account. All right. I mean, these are all terrible, but I, but I guess maybe this is what they did is they did just re- generate a couple words and say, let's make a theme around that. Because I got to ma- imagine like, you know, as much as Attack from Mars is going to review later and, and, and Medieval Madness and all these older games, which like theme didn't necessarily matter as much because everyone was in arcades all the time and there wasn't much you could do. I mean, Adam's Family, when I played it, like like you, Kevin, that was kind of the game that got me in Twilight Zone back in that era. It wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to play it because it's Adam's family. I was just like, someone was like, look, there's this magnet that moves his ball around and you then things hand comes out. And I was like, well, that's fucking crazy. So theme back then didn't matter. But now, I mean, anyone I talk to, real life podcast, anything, if it's Star Wars, they want to play it. If it's a game like, uh, you know, something else, they have no idea. Black Knight Sword of Rage, for example. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This music, they don't give a shit, no matter what I tell them. So is it your experience from having games on site like what makes more money is always theme or is that bleed into some of your opinion yeah 100 percent. we we've never had put a original theme on location except for black knight and it didn't do well compared to other games um now i mean there's always somebody's listening to this there's yeah, there's always exceptions to the rule i mean location matters you know i'm sure if you have a location where you've got leagues and like hardcore pinball people that could be the exception to the rule but in just a regular location, uh, you put Star Wars in there, you put Mandalorian in there, you put Stranger Things in there, you put Game of Thrones in there, they're going to crush. It's whatever's hot. It's whatever's like a theme that most people are going to love. They're going to step up and, and put some money into it, no matter how bad the game is. And that's the thing. Like You can just make a terrible game. I don't let me think of one. Like, like Halloween, for example. That just was top of mind. You make yeah. a terrible game like Halloween and... People like and recognize the game Halloween. They'll they'll put some money in it versus um, um, serious beef, right? Like <laughs> right. that's that's just it's just true, and you don't have to think too hard about it to understand why. So again, with the American pinball thing, when I hear serious, uh, they're 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 doing um, original themes. It makes no sense. And Kevin and I were talking on their podcast. I was saying I, I don't see them being around in two years. And Kevin said longer, but like. Kevin's probably right because nothing makes sense in this hobby so so much of the time. Like they should have gone under years ago with with um, games they were putting out. These other companies should as well, and yet they're still around. So um, I'm probably going to lose that that because I I in the in a rational world they they would be under. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I think it's like suicide to do original themes. It just I, I I must be really missing a piece of the puzzle, right? Like I must be really missing something. But there's a reason that Gary Stern always talked about why they don't do original themes, and it's it's again it's proven time and time again. I remember when I bought a Star Wars Pro uh, at the same time about the Black Knight. It was from an operator who was just kind of like gave me a deal for about two of them. One of those guys, you know, just churning through games. Um, and he actually does uh, games for the Minnesota State Fair, which is a huge draw uh, in the Midwest. But I was just curious right before we reset all the Star Wars stuff. And I was, I was like, how much money did this game make? And he's like, oh, that's a good question. Like, whatever. We look $42,000 for Star Wars Pro. And it's like, no offense to that. Well, maybe offense to that game. I think that game's kind of hot garbage to a certain extent. I either love it if I have like a 40 times, if I have a 40 times playfield multiplier on like the video mode. All right, that's fun. Um, other than that, like whatever. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, that game, when someone plays it, usually if they're not a pinball person after one game, they're like, yeah, well, fuck that. That's that game's impossible. I'm never going to play that again. But they want to at least put a dollar in it because it's Star Wars. Yeah, um, they put a dollar in it and then they plunge it and it goes right into the outlane and then they plunge <laughs> yeah. it and it goes right into the outlane. And they're like, I'm never playing that again. But yeah. at least they tried it. 
if yeah. they walked by uh, Oktoberfest or whatever in a lineup, they'd be like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Mm. Well, maybe in Wisconsin, it's a little different because everyone here is just an alcoholic and, and they <laughs> beer to them is, you know, Sunday, it's either football or uh, or church or beer. You just, you just described Buffalo, too. So okay. yeah, there's yeah. a lot of commonalities. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to get to getting to know your balls here in a second. But you guys do this segment i guess when you update like your arcade you know what's what's new to your arcade what's changed i'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing just because you you know not if you update what's new it would be like okay well i don't have any baseline can we talk about what you have in your personal collection uh kevin can you tell me what games you have sure all right i thankfully i'm sitting in my game room right now so i can just turn around and look but um nice. i have like nick said i mentioned i started off with some uh retro video game video arcade games and i still have a few in my collection uh, including an original Tron, which that's probably the the best purchase I've ever made because I picked it up for a hundred bucks. Jesus, wow! <laughs> About twelve years ago, and they go for way more than that now. So I got a Tron. It was it was like it needed some work, but it was in overall pretty good shape. Uh, Tempest, uh, my my all time favorite uh, classic arcade game with the original vector monitor and all that. I do have a big buck, the uh, the CRT version where you don't have to pay forty bucks a month. <laughs> to get the full <laughs> package like nick i'm sure he'll talk about that uh, yep. i've got a neo geo big red four slot it's got a oh, neo yeah. sd card with uh, every game ever released on it and that's cool because uh, there are actually new folks making neo geo games and you can download them and add them to your collection which is pretty fun my uh, favorite my re- yeah, neo geo game just because i don't see many people with those is is kind of a i don't want to say odd one but you know because there's so many fighters on it but the one that i like the most is actually uh S- snk versus capcom svc chaos it's yeah, a very what w- the one with violent ken for because me when i built a main cabinet for some reason i just gravitated toward violent ken I, anyway whatever <laughs> you, you look like him a little bit i think <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. uh yeah so i like yeah stuff like uh wind jammers and league bowling it's got amazing games outside the fighters too which is you get a lot of value for your, your one spot with a neo geo which is like what i like sure uh and then my most recent arcade pickup was uh and chopped environmental discs of trons have you ever played the discs of tron that you like stand in i don't know if you've ever seen that maybe when i was young but it's pretty rare uh okay. but they were so big and un- unwieldy that operators like chopped them in half so you only have <laughs> like the front half where you actually play the game okay. which uh is probably better for like moving it around and, and fitting it in my game room but kind of stinks because the uh the environment is really cool so highly recommend it if you ever see one they used to have it at uh at replay effects but um you'll see them at shows every once in a while so if you see that check it out amazing game um and then other i have two san francisco rush the rock driving games uh which are uh really fun and you can get those relatively cheap because they're huge and nobody wants to have them in their house or move into their basement so are those 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 linked so you can play against each other or absolutely yep um so so that's it for uh video games i've got in the pinball collection a tron pro Godzilla Premium, which is my most recent game. Uh, Toy Story 4, which I got over the summer. Guns N' Roses LE. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean LE. Dialed In LE. Uh, the Multimorphic P3 with a bunch of games. Um, Adam's Family and Doctor Who. And then I've also got... Um, I'm into like classic video games and modern and classic video games. So I've got um, like Atari Jaguar. That's my big uh, retro console. I've got yeah. a Wii U um uh, switch uh ps4 ps5 series x and i think that's that's pretty much the the deal 
I've always wanted to have a Jaguar just because back in the day when they came out, you know, like at that, you know, at that age, I think they were like a thousand, whatever to a kid, they're like, it's a million dollars. It's never going to happen. It's like, well, it's either SNES Genesis, maybe Turbo Graphics, but if you have that, you're just going to play bonks. And uh, I knew someone that had a Jaguar and it's like, holy shit. 64 um, bits, man. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, shit. That's a nice question. Nick, I mean, uh, do you, how about at your at your personal place or where you reside as a not your arcade location stuff? Sure. So I've got a uh, I've got a big Buck Hunter Reloaded, which I just got a couple of weeks ago. That's my newest thing. Um, that is not a pinball, but it's uh it's an arcade game, and uh, it's going to say I, I've got the model where I've got to pay forty dollars a month to have all the features. Mm. I'm in the honeymoon stage, so I don't mind just yet. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Actually, I had sold. I had a Walking Dead premium, which everyone told me I'm an idiot for selling. I, I love when I put something for sale and, and people just like <laughs> tell me how I'm going to miss it and how dumb I am for selling it. Oh, you fucking idiots! Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I like, can relate. I'm, can dude. You, I, yeah. I I had that game for seven years. It's a fantastic game. It was what my at one point was my favorite game. I've played it. I I'm over. It. I, and I got to tell you right now, there's not a single game that I've sold that I've bought back. Or really was like, oh my god, I, I sold it, I missed it. So I, that's not happened yet in the eleven years I've been collecting. All right, wow. end of rant. Let's back on back on track. So I've got a uh, <laughs> Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbean um, LE edition, and and that is one of my favorite games of all time. I think it's one of the best pinball machines ever made. I hope I hope they make more. I hope you get to spend some time on one. It is it is a masterpiece, except for the fact that they don't have the Final Wizard mode in there. So oh, they um, don't. Yeah, dude, that there's that's like a stain on the game in my uh, opinion. It's a mm-hmm. game's got the game's got a hell of a history. All right, um, then I have uh, Rush Premium, which is an absolutely fantastic game. I hell yeah, I got a lot of games this this year. I I got a Rush Premium, a Mandalorian Premium, and a Godzilla Premium. We kind of went crazy. Um, my girlfriend Martha actually bought the Godzilla Premium. She owns some of the games in our collection, and nice. I've been going back and forth um, of what games more fun to play rush premium or godzilla premium and right now i'm on the godzilla camp so i switch back and forth depending on mood all right back on track so i I got a metallica pro i've got a big buck hunter pro pinball there was only a pro model but it's the weird thing is it's called big buck hunter pro at the time Mm. um i I love that game um it's ranked number 287 on pinside come fight me um all the criticisms (laughs) of that game is probably right but people miss the the good parts about that game and um they're all it's also a rare game so it, it would be very hard for me to let go because i probably would have struggled to get it back and also mine's in great shape josh sharp was the original owner um and josh sharp works for raw thrills which makes big buck on our arcade game so there's some history there um okay. then I, I got godzilla which i mentioned i've got a black knight pro uh I co-owned that with martha she'll never let us sell it probably uh i've got a led zeppelin premium again a, a divisive game that i absolutely love i'm number two on the leaderboard so i'm gonna flex on that for the series yeah right now um what do i got next to that kevin oh, i've got a mandalorian premium uh, i've got a fireball two i've got a bad girls which that's bolted to the ground bad girls pinball is great have you seen that jason no you know i haven't no. Much, you gotta look up the look up the beautiful artwork on that um okay I've got a Iron Man, which is the first game I ever bought that Martha owns that now. Oh. A Sopranos, which Martha owns. Um, then games that are not currently set up. I've I've ran out of room, so 
I'm going to be moving a countdown where Walking Dead was. Um, I've had a countdown. Martha owns that. I've had it for 10 years. And I've got a friend that's babysitting some games. So I've got a Jungle Lord that's being babysat, an 8-Ball Champ, and um, Harlem Globetrotters. So Jesus. I just looked up the art. Yeah. <laughs> Bad girls. Hell yeah. yeah. It's beautiful, that's, isn't it? That's fucking, that's something. Yep. It's not we a lot do, of games we like always that. do a, a, a tradition for a Buffalo Pinball is we do a bro episode. It's called a Very Bad Girls Christmas. That's our Christmas episode on that game. So what's this thing in the middle of the play field? The triangle looking. Oh, that's called a, a mirrored pool table where you do coke on. Okay. But the bad right. girls do coke on. I don't do coke on. Yeah. But like the bad <laughs> girls do coke on that. Yeah. And the side of the cabinet has that mirrored thing as well. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. On the backlash, they're actually playing pool on a mirrored pool table, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's what the so that's that's why that's on the play field. Oh, fuck. And who, like, who made it, up? Who, who created Gottlieb, this game? Some fucking Gottlieb. cokehead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a Norris masterpiece. <laughs> let's make bad girls and let's make Waterworld. Sink the D's and yeah, which was actually the, the honestly the first game that got me into pinball was Waterworld because it was at this bowling alley. Uh, it was Adam's family, which was the first that I think probably played or where someone was like, oh, there's actual game as opposed to just, you know, hitting the flippers. But Waterworld was like so simple to understand, like, oh, just shoot it up the ship. And it was such a wide shot. You could just load up the multiball, sink the D's and they would all fall. And then the scoop was like, you know, uh, the size of the Grand Canyon uh, and like, OK, whatever. And that game, it had like a, a switch before we, we were, you know, 15, 16. We didn't know what the hell switch was, but we, we knew like if you was just slightly tilted it as in like you know pinball tilt nudge it it would give you like a million points there must have been some switch that was bu- busted so it was the first game where like my friend would hold it up and I, I nudged it for like a half hour to like reset the score to get just, what happens it goes nine 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 fucking idiots like what else are you gonna do at that age but um yeah Gottlieb's there's a water world for sale near me for like 2500 bucks but I don't know I shouldn't yeah. do that <laughs> yeah it's got some uh there's like code problems in that game too. So like once yeah. you actually know what's going on, it's like it's all buggy and crappy. So do you think it has off. less problems than Halloween, Kevin? Ooh, that's it could be a toss up. I think it might yeah. have uh, fewer problems than Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It, I've never seen it actually just like shut off mid game. Jason, like I've uh, seen Halloween. Uh, apologies if you like Halloween. Oh uh, no, I think it's a horrible piece of shit. Um, I've no, had it's gonna get you punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, no, I well, I've had uh, Kale Hernandez on here a couple of times. He owns uh, Electric Bat Arcades uh, in Arizona, and he, similar to you, you know, does this a lot. And he was, you know, it's nothing to get spooky. It's just like as an arcade operator, it's like I, it just it wouldn't stay working. I had to take it out. Like it just wouldn't work. Uh, yeah. it would shut down just from fuck. And they would send out a fix, and the fix was busted. And um. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every I, I know other operators they say the same thing. We've got a guy locally in Buffalo who's sort of like a go-to tech, not for spooky, but he he will work on spooky games because nobody else will work on them, and it's just an absolute shit show. Like they're they're just it's the truth, you know. Like and uh, I joke, and we'll probably talk about this on the next podcast, but uh, I'm not liked over there in this spooky thread because I say the game isn't good. Um, and, uh, there's people that say they, uh, they want to punch me in the face and I'm an asshole and all that, which is uh, just so, somehow tolerated on pin side. Uh, yeah. So w- when you mentioned or asked like, what's my collection, my thing and how I empathize when, like when you post something and people are like, what are you doing getting rid of that shit? So I don't keep a lot of games. The most I ever keep is like four at a time. And I live in between like tilt pinball district 82 like all these kind of epicenters of fuckloads of pinball machines and the apple valley and chicago 
to where there's so many games around me and it's easy to either drive anywhere from 45 minutes to five hours and kind of get your pickings of any game that exists give or take so there's like a large community of just people um trading you know selling all that kind of stuff and for me i started getting into this hobby you know i mean when i was a kid kid teenager when i started playing but the first one i ever bought was a star trek pro in uh i don't know 2014 2015 something like that and my, the game i wanted to have for me like my grail pin was lord of the rings and i got it and then life stuff happened and i had to get out of the hobby for a little bit and then music and recording takes a lot of money and studio costs money and, and all that kind of stuff but so i usually rotate i usually have a, roughly about three games just to i just like to play the shit out of them get to wizard modes whatever and then move them on and trade with buddies or sell but the amount of shit i get and part of the reasons i started this podcast of like i'll buy a game Sometimes it only lasts a few days because I can't like test it. There's not like a location around me that I can go play like a Turtles Pro. You know, all I have is pin side freaks to, uh, or I guess no offense to them and myself, but to, to get their opinion. So I have to sometimes buy it to play it. Um, and sometimes the game will only be a couple of days of like, I fucking hate this game and I'll put it for sale. And sometimes, you know, longer than that, weeks, months, whatever. But the amount of times that the old seller will see my ad, whether it's Craigslist or Facebook or whatever, and contact me and be like, what's the matter? What, what, what don't you like about it? like who cares man fuck it like wh- why are you asking me like I, I don't like the game well i thought you'd own it for lo- longer was that part of the sale like i needed to own it for six months otherwise i couldn't buy it it's so weird it happens so much i'd get oh, texts yeah. i'd get emails i'd show my wife and she's like what's wrong with these people <laughs> you, <laughs> you got me i don't fucking know they're so weird the same i'm weird and um so anyway i you know i right now i have a total nuclear annihilation that i just got like two days ago, um, because my friends were just saying, you got to get out of Stern, just nothing against them. But like, I just go through Stern so much, like get something that you're you know, not used to uh, TNA and a Godzilla premium because, you know, of course. And but just within the last month, I've had uh, Iron Maiden Pro, Jurassic Park Pro, Star Trek LE, Lord of the Rings. Black Knight Sword of Rage, I moved on just because I've owned it twice because it was just kind of cheap. Well, it's the same one, just kind of rotates through friends and stuff. Um, a Ghostbusters Pro, which I'm I'm a huge fan of. Like my favorite games are probably Black Knight, Ghostbusters, and Iron Man Pro or Iron Man Vault. Well, same thing, whatever. But I just love fast, brutal, you know, kick your ass games. Um, but yeah, so right now, just TNA and Godzilla Premium. I'm hemming and hawing on a getting another Iron Man Pro and like, quote unquote, bolting it, maybe. I know I won't bolt it, but I just missed that game. Man. So so a couple of things in there. Number one, I think there's room in the hobby to have a pinball podcast called What's Wrong With These People? We just talked mm-hmm. about Pinside. And maybe we have mental health experts and psychologists come on and we kind of yeah. break it down. What, what's wrong with these people? Yeah. I would listen to that all day long. Um, well, uh, if you want to listen to, and I don't blame you for not listening to pinball party in the past, but I do this segment called figure it out, which is kind of that of like kind of the tips and tricks. And like, cause I do the secondhand market so much and run into so many fuckwads, plenty of good people, but plenty of the, like, don't do this. Don't, don't be weird. Um, but I agree with you. I think we, yeah, we got to get a licensed psychologist on here to really dig deep and yeah. Maybe Zach Money. I mean, that's his background. We'll see yeah, if he wants to, I don't think he wants to get in the weeds with people. Um, do you not? Do <laughs> you, you not have machines <laughs> Do you not have stairs to contend with that you're moving machines so often? I fucking do. Um, so you're but a that's, man. Well, so the only ones that go down there are the ones that I think are going to last, and I'm always wrong. 
Um, I have this custom, but I have just these standard, you know, stairs that go straight down and then the platforming curve. And the platform on the bottom is not wide enough to hold a dolly plus the machine. So I built this little like, kind of like a bed platform that goes over couples. It's it's ludicrous. I'm a madman, as you said, um, to like turn it. I got to do all this circus bullshit. But I do have this entrance into my house. It's this just kind of a glorified entryway that's like the size of a bedroom. The, the owners had to like build this on for whatever reason, the old owners. So I oftentimes just keep like two pinball machines in that room because they're so easy to move in and out. But I do have stairs. I, I can appreciate that you like kind of like the like brutal quick games like you mentioned Ghostbusters Pro and I, well, I won't I won't talk about I don't like Ghostbusters Pro but like okay. uh, Black Knight Pro and and Iron Man like where we're at now with all the new games we're trending towards longer playing games once again and like I don't know if you know the history um, but Stern had purposely stopped making longer playing games in like the late 2000s i think it was gary stern that told the story he'd be like um he would notice they were like a lyman and um kiefer probably kiefer were playing on like spider-man and then they'd be in their office and like the pin, they would walk down the hall to play the pinball machine so one would go up like lyman would go up a half an hour later he'd come sit down then Kiefer would go and play for half, right? Like it was just, it got ridiculous. So they started making games that didn't last that long. So then you get starting with uh, January, 2010, you get big buck hunter and then mm. you get Iron Man and then you get avatar and then Tron. Those were kind of the four, they were all made by Borg. And at that, this is also, if you, if you remember, this is the time during the recession. So Stern was on his last leg. Borg designed all those games and they were all designed to be, kind of quick like even a good player shouldn't be able to stand up on those games too long a quick player is not going to spend all day on iron man right so now those are the games in my collection which i can actually play with people you know and the 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 downside of getting good at pinball and i'm I'm good at pinball because i played a shit ton of pinball i've been playing for 10 plus years right but like the downside of that is i can't play pinball with my friends who are into pinball like i am yeah but i can play iron man with them yeah you know, and they might even beat me because there's more like bad things can happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one. I, but we've gotten away from that for better or for worse. You know, like obviously I have these longer playing games. I love it. But like I don't play Rush that much because I'm like I look at my watch. And be like, do I have an hour? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not kidding because like yeah. I, I'll have a game. I'll have a game that will last five minutes. Right. Sometimes or, or a couple minutes. But like if I. If I'm feeling it, I can play that game for longer than an hour. Same with, you know, Led Zeppelin. Um, Godzilla's not bad. Godzilla's like a medium. But even that game, you know, I probably I, I, I was late for something because I just had a really good game and didn't expect it to go yeah. that long. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if we're going to see that happen again. But I, um, I, I think that piece of history is kind of interesting. And those games are fun for that reason. And it's good to have those in the collection. Iron Man was one when I had Star Trek Pro that it was locally someone, it was kind of even trade value wise, whatever. And I had never played it. I had done like the virtual pin just to test it out. And that doesn't do anything justice. But he, you know, he's like, I think you might like it. And I was, you know, all I talked about with Star Trek is just how much I loved the ramps and whatever back then. And he's like, oh, you know, whatever. He brought it, traded it. And like, it was the first game I played. I was like, oh, fuck, yes. I don't know. Like that game just instantly knew the rules, the ramps, even though they're not really important in the game that much. Um, I just love the way you just go left, right, left, right, over and over. You just wanted some some of that. But And he's like, oh, text me if you ever beat my score. And it was like the same day. I was like, well, yeah, okay. 
He's like, holy shit. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe he was just, I think, terrible. But um, I mean, I've gotten to do or die, but not do or die. Because do or die multi-ball, that's the one where like everything is completed, right? And then the other one is just do or die single ball. Is that right? Yeah. That, I mean, it's unless you're um, Carl, right? You're like, sure. Um, Carl D'Angelo, like you're you're not going to get to like it's just like it's it's just too hard like the rules are just kind of ridiculous in terms of what you got to get to do or die multi-ball yeah and it's kind of like weighing pros and cons of like life actual time like maybe i could grind it out and do it eventually but will i enjoy my time i yeah right exactly yeah same with valinor and lord of the rings like i can see how to get there i've never gotten there you know but like i again do i really want to spend my life doing that because at that point i'm like fuck this game get out of here it becomes a chore and not fun, right? Like there, yeah. there's something to be said about getting better and pushing for things, but that kind of stuff is just, there's a lot of RNG in those style games too, right? Like I, I feel like Led Zeppelin, that game is a good showcase of how good you are at pinball because there's not a lot of RNG, um, plenty of time to save the ball, etc. Iron Man, mm-hmm. you could be a great player and it's just like, it's so brutal you don't have the reaction time, have time to, to save it or, or, or whatever, which again, makes it a really interesting and fun game. But like trying to, I remember when Carl was trying to get to the wizard mode and big buck hunter, because it's, it's the same thing. Like the wizard mode is ridiculous. Like I don't even count it as possible, right? Like it's, it's not possible. It, it's possible for me in the sense you're describing Jason, where it's like, yeah, I can make myself miserable by chasing it. And I don't know if you remember Carl's doing these streams where he would stream for days on end and I think he was just hating life. He did it because he's Carl and he's fucking amazing. And yeah. he's got that in his personality. Like he'll set a goal. But like, you know, it's a miserable experience trying to chase something like that. Yeah. I, th- I, I think even with that, he ended up like modifying the game in a little bit to yeah, get he, there. He cheated a little bit to get there. So I think he made it. And and if I'm wrong, my deep apologies, because even modifying the game, like my understanding of how he did it, I could never do it. Like I, I just... I don't see myself doing it. I think he made it so you, the buck would register from hits from behind, which that's not yeah. the way it's designed, right? I think that's what I remember too. Yeah. yeah, but like you said, even with that, it's still ridiculous. Yeah, Carl's a fucking man, um, but he's like superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I I've watched some of his videos just to like like I'm not going to get to the wizard mode. I'll just watch his video and see it, and then it's almost like takes some of the air out of my tires. Of like, oh, that's it. But to him, he's just probably yeah, just fuck. Oh my god, I gotta do it. Um, but hey, thanks, Carl. I watched it. And then I watched something else, you know, some meme video or some shit. Um, all right, guys, I'm gonna get to a, a segment called Getting to Know Your Balls. We're getting to know your balls. This is a collection of questions, just kind of your opinion on on, on little various pinball related things. Very easy, nothing to prepare. Um, we'll go we'll start with Kevin on this first one. Do you prefer location play or home play? Uh, home play. I live uh, I live far away from most locations, so it's so much easier just to come out to my my game room and play some pinball. Nick, uh, home play. Although if I had a great location to play at, it might I might be a little conflicted. Like I love uh, Cabin Fever in Toronto. Like that's such a fun experience, such a great place. All right. Uh, when you're playing pinball, what gets your what gets your engine going more? Getting to a multi ball or extra ball, Kevin? uh multi-ball okay nick that's a good question so multi-balls are boring and just like you it's like a utility to to try to get through a mode right and you're using that multi-ball whereas an extra ball 
can really help you get farther. I'm going to call it a draw. Oh, that's the first draw we've that's had. That's a cop out. Cop out. Thank <laughs> you, uh, Kevin. Hey, man. <laughs> Pick a side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kevin, what's your favorite era of pinball? Um, uh, it's got to be modern. Like, there's so much to to do in these these modern games. They're just so amazing. I have nostalgia for the '90s era because that's when I kind of grew up. And I have like my favorite competitive games are classic, but for in general, I would say modern. Okay, Nick. Um, modern for sure. I think we're we're at just maybe peak pinball time. I think what um, especially what Stern is doing with um the fact that they got elwin and they've got um tim and and ray day and, and look and then they've got all the other great designers too but i think what some of these tournament players have brought into pinball um is just fantastic in in terms of like just pushing the limit on the rules and the ideas and keeping things fresh and not boring i agree uh do either of you have well i guess we'll start with nick uh nick this time do you have any horror stories from the secondary market buying or selling a game um i don't i don't think i have any horror stories i i buy most of my games new in box so i have no shortage of new in box horror stories because every <laughs> game i've ever purchased new in box has had some kind of issue from minor to the major okay yeah i i, I hear you there kevin um not really. I've, I've, I've been pretty lucky in that, you know, I, I do a lot more uh, like used game buying than Nick does. I've only bought a handful of new inbox games over the years. But yeah, I think probably the weirdest one I ever bought was Bone Busters because it came up on Craigslist. And first off, never buy a uh, Bone Busters. This is a terrible game, but I <laughs> wanted it because it was cheap and we like to show different weird games on the stream. So I was like, all right, if I can get this for 500 bucks and fix it up and we'll play it on the stream and then i'll sell it <clears throat> so i went to this guy's house and he had it in his basement and it was it was like it was, it was like covered in dust and barely worked and i was like fine i'll take it <laughs> it was just can't it was just a huge mess and you know it it ended up fine but it was one of those things where like i don't know <laughs> it's like yeah probably shouldn't have ended up buying that I've been there where I've gotten to place and like, you know, the price and it's really not negotiable, whether it's cheap or expensive. And you see a few things you're like, is it more hassle to like deal with the psychology of this guy? And it's like, just give me the game. Fuck off. Like, I'll take it. Exactly. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin fucking resurrected a bone busters, cleaned it up, got it out. Now it's circulating in the market. That thing was dead. It was hidden. You know, somebody Thanks. put it out to pasture and, and look what you've done, Kevin. Yeah. I, I'm, I apologize to everybody for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Kevin, uh, when you're playing a game, uh, what do you like better, ramps or spinners? Um, hmm. In general, ramps. Spinner, spinners are great uh, on classic games, like light the spinner and then rip the shit out of it. But uh, for most of my, my current games, uh, ramps all day. Nick? Uh, Kevin's got a good answer, yeah. You know, especially if the ramp's interesting, it does something cool or is maybe a little more difficult to hit, pulling it off is great. Um. Yeah, for sure. Spinners are great. Nothing against spinners. The uh, uh, if you haven't played Weird Al yet, the the spiral spinner or the spiral ramp on that is like one of the best ramps ever. It's so it's is so it? fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is kind of a. I'll just I'll just ask it. Uh, it's kind of depending on era, but overall, uh, Nick, what's a mod that's valuable to you? A mod that's valuable. I think upgrading the sound 
is definitely valuable. Mm. We just talked about that on our, our last podcast. And it's kind of open-ended to how you want to upgrade it. But I think the sound design, the sound engineering, especially in, in Stearns, are, are really good. But the um, speakers that it comes with, you're just you're you're literally missing out on some of those sounds because the speakers can't reproduce them. I agree, Kevin. A mod that's valuable too. Yeah, I think so. Like, there's value in like cosmetic mods and cool stuff. Like, I love all the stuff I put in Tron. But then I think about in general what a va- what is a value and things like LEDs, like upgrading to like good leds so you don't have to be changing your incandescent bulbs all the times on older games or or putting um silicone rings on your games excuse me so you're not uh having to replace broken or dirty rubber rings all the time uh that that's valuable to me you know and it's it's saving time i wholeheartedly agree like at least the fucking cabinet woofer jesus just it's trash. The, the the CERN one. It's just like a piece of paper that I think they just like rolled up and and, and glued in there. Like, oh, this sounds great, right? No. Have you yep. have, have you upgraded the speak like the back box speakers on a on a newer Stern? Not myself. I've had like a used game that's had them in there, but I haven't personally. Yeah, done it. dude, big. Just just yeah. just do that, and you're gonna hear sounds because those back box speakers can't reproduce certain sounds that are are in the game. You'll hear things you've never heard before. If you get a good speaker and not even a good speaker, like I like, so obviously we're sponsored by Pinwoofer. Those are great. I've, I've also put in the kickers. There's a DIY thread on pin side. So I, I tried those and, you know, like even just putting like the uh, kickers in there, which are like you know, 70 some dollars in the back box, just, just mm. replacing that solid speakers. You'll hear sounds in the game. You never heard and everything will sound better. Okay. Um, it's just, it's just night and day. I did that, or I didn't do that, but I was going to in, in Godzilla just because you can hear that it's just the it's just bad. I guess I don't know what else to say. Dude, Godzilla sounds great with the kickers. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, those speakers yeah. in my Godzilla they are like rattle. They're they're yeah. terrible. If, 100%. if I'm if I'm you though, and you're telling me that you are you, you, you like near audiophile, right? Like I, I I get what you're saying. You're not gonna go crazy, but you're also like there, yeah. um, and you love Godzilla, then just go the full pinwoofer kit on that. Like games that I'm sort of like, I like, but maybe I don't keep forever. Maybe I'll put a, uh, I'll, I'll try to save some money. So I'll put the kickers in, which are good games that are like, especially the music pins or keepers. It's, it's pin woofer. You guys have a history of costing me money. <laughs> I, that's what I, that's what I heard. I had, I had a friend come over um, and he, he saw the mods I did on the uh, sound upgrades and he just went out and ordered a bunch of kits. So, you know. <sighs> It's, it's, we all do this to each other though jason that's yeah, I, it's an we enable each other when i when i was listening to your last podcast with the pinwoofer guy i did like when he was talking i was like because i'm very much into audio and i've built my own speakers in the past i went to his website to, you know i'm cynical like he doesn't fucking know what he's talking about he does I'll, I'll 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 completely replicate what you said he does he even has speaker measurements on the website which to me is what i actually care about um because like mixing and eqing to me i just i know frequencies and what they sound like and, and what i want the fact that he has that is usually a sign of a good person who knows what they're doing. Uh, speaker manufacturers who don't put like their audio measurements on are just like, Meh, all right, they're selling you, whatever. AKA Best Buy. Don't buy <laughs> shit from there. Um, all right. Kevin, what's your favorite machine right now? It could be your favorite machine of all time. It could just be right now. It's on your high horse. But what's your uh, what's your favorite game? Uh, I'm going to give it to Adams. That's the, that's the game that, that did it for me. It's certainly not the, the coolest rule set in, of all time, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the game that got me hooked. So I got to give credit to Adams family. Okay. And if they remake it, 
ever, which, I mean, will you buy a remake or are you OG guy? I have a really nice one. I got lucky when, so I had, I traded, uh, what was it, Shadow and Judge Dredd for mine. Is it when I, and I had maybe like $5,000 worth invested in those two games. So and this yeah. was like 10 years, 10 years ago. So things okay. are insane now. So it's nice. It's clear coded. Really, I, you know, really nice original. I'm going to keep that one. Okay. Nick, what's your favorite game? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm going to ch- totally cheat on this because I, I, uh, it's a real selfish choice. But, um, my favorites right now, I would say are Rush, Godzilla, and, uh, still Led Zeppelin's up there. Damn. I beat I beat Led Zeppelin, so I can te- I can really tear into that game now. So it's kind of fading, but I like Stern was doing the inside. I see Kevin shaking his head. Stern was doing the Insider Connected tournament, so it gave me an excuse to play it. And it's like I I, I do fall in love when I play it. But it, the worst thing is when you beat a game, and then mm. it's like then it starts fading. Dude, I had a, I have a question for you though, Jason. You guys were um I you, you were talking about Rush. I, I listened to your last episode or or episode from from the last week or so. Sure. And I, I think you you had you were saying that you had some people on. You guys were talking about Rush, and you were talking about the rules on Rush. And if I understand correctly, they were saying like they can't understand the rules on Rush, and they wish like rules were easier to understand. Is that the gist of it? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's the gist of it. Yeah. I won't extrapolate on that. But some of it was talking with like uh, like Ray Day on the TPN Discord of like he's very receptive to all the feedback and he's just I mean joking like what people what don't people fucking understand and I was like well I mean I understand it because I know what I'm doing but to like a lay person who walks up they're kind of like there's a lot of lights here yeah well here's the thing like so I, I kind of got fired up when I heard that and and uh, Raymond's awesome I mean he, he's anytime I've reached out to him he's, he's been fantastic he's really good for the hobby when I first started playing pinball I looked at Spider-Man and Lord of the Rings. I knew everybody liked it and I didn't understand it. Now, I don't want, I didn't want, I wouldn't want, you know, Lyman or whatever to make that game dumbed down so I can understand it, right? Like you got to put in the work, you know, it's out there, there's tilt forums, there's videos and it all makes sense. You know, I understand stepping up to a game and not understanding it. You got to do some, and that's the fun of it. You got to spend time with it. Yeah. You'll understand some of it as you play more. And then there's resources online. Like, and I, and I told Raymond that I was like, I told him that story because you don't want to just listen to what everybody says. Like, I'm glad he says, what don't people understand? Because it's perfectly fine the way it is. And I think yep. people just got to grow and you got to do work. You got to put some work into it if you want to really get everything out of it. There's enough in there that you can understand how to start a multiball. Like most games, you can figure out the basics and it will just happen. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I really worry about the idea of like dumbing down the hobby when people just sort of have this gut complaining. It's like, I'm new. I want the, I want pinball to cater to me because I'm new and I don't want to do any work. Like, no, no, no. Just, just put your time in and you'll, you'll look back on your old self and be like, I'm glad it is the way it is. I agree. And many levels. I love rush. I I think it's a fantastic game. And I've same exactly what you said when i i first played i was like okay it's uh, there's a lot here which i was like i want to come back come back to it so before i played it again i watched one of ray day's um tutorials online so i could learn at least about the instruments and the records like okay and and pace myself like there's a lot here so i'm gonna take it one by one like kind of parts of the rules and for me i'm a rush fan i just i'm a prog rock fan in general so tool rush you know king crimson all that it's kind of like a musician's band like when and rush is the same way like when you hear a lot of rush songs it's not always like the catchiest green day, like whatever, like, oh, it's like, okay, 
the more you listen to it, there's more, there's more. So for me, I like the fact that if any game is going to have a deep rule set, it's Rush, a game, a, a band that has complex, you know, polyrhythmic stuff all over the place. I think it, it fits the theme, honestly. If they were going for that, like uh, for anyone that likes prog rock, it, it really fits the theme, honestly. But um, I agree. It's do your homework, learn the game. It's not Mario 1, you know. Um, if you want that, go play Iron Man, Iron Man I guess. Yeah, it, it's 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 uh, you got to find a balance like so like like you said you want to have like easy to figure out easy to discover things. I think I think Keith does a great job of this in his rule sets, right? Like um you know, think of something like uh, Jurassic Park like okay, I can figure out how to start the dinosaur multiball. But then sure. there's like uh or you know, maybe maybe start the the side modes, the paddock modes, things like that. But then like you know, there's that extra layer of, oh, if I hit the jackpots in this order, then there's more points, you know what I mean, for the more advanced player. And then, like, the deeper you get into it, there's it just kind of, like, reveals itself over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there could be games that are, are easier to understand because you want to you capture those new players. You want to get their interest. Uh, but you also want to hold the, the attention of the, the folks who have been in it for a while. And also, if you're spending $10,000 on a game and putting it in your house... You want some, you want some meat on the bone there, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a tough balance to strike. So I know it, it can be, it can be a tough, tough challenge for sure. And I wish what they would do, nothing against Rush, the theme, because that's kind of a people like it or don't like, love it. If they took Star Wars and Rush and just flipped the rule sets and layout, just or flip the, the themes, Rush slash Star Wars, Star Wars with the Rush layout and rules would probably be the best game of all time. It would, it would knock Godzilla off easily. Um, but cause like star Wars just is mostly a hate it from people who I talk to, but it is a game that even casuals would, would walk up and like, I'm going to play that over and over star Wars had the feel of like the flow. Oh, the, the, how oh, the flow and rush is so fucking good. Um, it's an amazing layout. Yeah. All right. Uh, antithesis of that question, Nick, what is your least favorite game? I guess the easy thing would be to shit on, uh, what is it? Thunderbirds. that's the the easy one i want to i I want to try to think of like another one where i'm like this game is is just really bad and i would hate to play it you know there's there's no shortage of bad games but go thunderbirds Mm. um i think right now halloween is really just it's on my radar of just being really bad and um the, the fact that like the code is been out more than a year and it's crashing and broken and just in a terrible state, I think is a, I think it's just is a bad thing for pinball. I think it's a, I think it's a bad thing for for a pinball company to put out a game and it just to be that much of a mess. Yep, Kevin, how about you? I mean, he took my answer with with Thunderbirds. That's that's the the low hanging fruit there, right? Have you ever played Thunderbirds? Have you ever had the, uh, no. the misfortune? No, uh, <laughs> no. Should I? Uh, try it, and then okay. you'll you'll play it for like half a ball and walk away from it. The only other game that I've like walked away from mid game is Oktoberfest. So I'll give it to that. Oh, it was just so boring. And the, the game just like kept giving, I was playing it at a TPF and to be fair, like playing it at a show is never the best place to play a game. But I was like, I'm done with this game. I'm going to go do something else. So, <laughs> so Thunderbirds yeah. is a home pin, right? Okay. Yeah. It's made by the company called home pin. Uh, okay. They're also working on Spinal Tap right now, which really looks equally as terrible. But yeah. uh, Thunderbirds is just bad in every single way. You know, there's so no redeeming it, value. Is there, I've heard this in the past, Homepin, and then I hear like 
Star Wars, the pin, Jurassic Park, the pin. Sometimes people call that home pin. Those are totally different. Yeah. So home pin is a company out of Australia. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stern makes a line of pinball machines known as the pin, which sometimes people refer to as like the home edition of a pin. So so like because they make Star Wars and then they have a home version of that or Spider-Man and a home version of that. That's like the the lower price point uh, entry, uh, you know, scaled back kind of version of their games. Okay. Sweet. Well, that's uh, thanks for letting us get to know your balls. That was fun. All right. Well, since you guys are uh, sticking around, uh, you can help me review Attack from Mars. The Earth is being invaded by flying saucers from Mars. I'm not sure if anyone out there has heard of this game. It's it's not that popular, but what I do is I just review games that I've owned in the past, and I, I'm somewhat going in order of, of ones I've owned. And uh, for those who want to know how I got my hands on this game, I, you know, I, of course I grew up playing it, but when I bought it, I bought the uh, Tech from Mars Remake Special, the one with the, the color DMD, but not the LE. Everything I read was, you know, the lighting was better, everything's better, but like maybe there's a little lag in the flippers kind of thing. And honestly, I noticed it. Um, and I don't know if you guys did, maybe we can get to that in a little bit, but when I had the remake, I really felt that it was different. Um, I. I don't, sometimes you can't put it into words, you know, like all spooky flippers or whatever flippers. I just was like, this doesn't feel the same. I remember playing that game and always thinking like it was like a, like a stern where it's just like so responsive, super fast, super hard. I could hit all the shots. I mean, it was a hard game, you know, dangerous shots. But when I had the remake, it was gorgeous. I loved everything about it. But for some reason, the flippers didn't, um, didn't do it for me. That's not to knock against the game, which I think the game is fantastic. Spoiler alert, but. Have you guys owned it in the past? I've never owned one. I've obviously played it a bunch. Um, and I've played the original versus the remake. And there is something about the flippers that I noticed, too. It's like, it just doesn't feel right, you know? And if you're playing a game, especially one that you've played before, I think that's the the downfall of the, of the remakes. Like, you expect it to play a certain way. And I wonder about, like, something like Fathom that, that Haggis is doing, too. I'm like, when I play a Bally, like, I expect it to play a certain way. And if uh, if the the game I'm playing doesn't feel like that, then it just feels wrong. You know, I guess if you had never played it before and this was your first time playing it, it might be OK. But um, yep. but yeah, I, it's a great game. I love it. Nick, have you owned it or do you have it on location? No, I, I have uh, neither. Um, again, for like location, we go straight up with um, themes, although I'm, I, I hear that game does well in location despite that. And in terms of my collecting, you know, like I, I respect the game. But um, it's it's too old for me in terms of what I'm looking for. Sure. So theme, I'll just start because just a little context. I think if this came out today, it would be Galactic Tank Force level of uh, like whatever. I mean, yeah, aliens are like a popular thing. Independence Day, whatever. Everyone's got it, especially now UADs or whatever, the actual unidentified flying objects that the government has released, all that stuff. Aliens are always something cool like you know, Dracula or Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster would be a sweet fucking game. But um, I think, in the, so theme today, I think would be really low. But theme in pinball, it's almost like a 10 because everyone knows it. Um, so I'll meet in the middle and just say seven because I really don't know where to put theme on this. How about you, Kevin? Um, I, I think back to when I first started playing this game and I thought it was a fun theme even then like um it's just it's it, well there's a spaceship it's like aliens 
uh, you kind of understand what's happening before you even start the game. Um, and it's got, got like that humor and like the art style is cool. So um, this is probably one of the, be- the best like original themes you can get. So I'm going to say like an eight. How about you, Nick? I'm going to copy Kevin. And I think all the reasons he gave are are good. I mean, I guess if you're going to do original theme, then at least this is understandable enough. And the fact that it incorporates humor, I think, is 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 a huge that plays into that theme and, and helps it to be a desirable theme i agree uh all right nick how about gameplay so uh, gameplay for me is just not not the rules but just the feel the shot and layout playing the game yeah so this is a, a fan layout um fan layout there's a there's no shortages of fan layouts in in pinball um, but there's a reason that, you know, Medieval Madness basically uh, recycled the same layout. And that's because it's it's very accessible to, uh, I think, newer players. It's it's very satisfying to veteran players. It's fun to hit those shots. They're very smooth. They're kind of where you think they're going to be on the flipper. Um, and, and they also, most of the ones I play tend to play really fast, too, which I, I think is exciting. If this was a, a fan layout and it was a slower thing. You know, no offense to Lord of the Rings. I think it makes sense that that game should be slower because it's such mm-hmm. a long game. This, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings is a fan layout. This is a fan layout, but this is a really fast fan layout. And I, I think it works well with the theme and what they're going for. So what would you give it if you have to give it a numeric value? I would say the layout is a nine out of ten. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I would dock it points because it's an uninteresting layout, but it's certainly fun to shoot. Actually, I would even go down to eight. I'm going to give it eight out of ten because it's kind of, it's not interesting. It's it's really fun, but I think I, I like to give points for a fun and interesting layout. Like Godzilla would be fun and interesting. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, how about you? Yeah, I think this is uh just when I think about playing this, it's just like a pure pinball experience. It's the the layout is so fun, fast. Um, for the time that I don't. I'm trying to think there weren't a lot of games with this style layout. So for the, for the period it came out is pretty, pretty innovative. Um, you know, now, nowadays you think of like Borg, you think of two ramps, uh, a bash toy in the middle. Uh, it's, it's kind of like played out at this point, but when, when it was released, it was, I think it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it's great. I would give it, I'm going to go ahead and give it a nine. Okay. I'm in the same camp as you. It's it's almost a 10 to me because uh, I think it's almost like a pinball standard in a way. But I, the mothership alone, I think, I mean, when a mech alone slash toy can draw anyone into a game and you, you don't even that's when you don't even have to tell someone actually what to do. Like, you know what to do. You, you hit the center. There's a big arrow. You know exactly what you're hitting. Uh, and once you do it, the light, like it tells you you're doing it right. The, the gate comes down, which is, again, a very intuitive thing of now you don't have to tell someone what to do. Like, oh, OK, now I probably shoot into it. And then when you hit it, it shakes. So, you know, you're damaging it, which to me is very similar to way they designed, um, you know, years later, you find out how they designed Mario one. They designed it very specifically to teach you how to play the game while you were playing it first with one brick. Well, what's that? What do you do? You hit it. Oh, OK. Now there's a brick with a question mark and there's two versions, one that has something, the other doesn't. So it, you don't even have to teach someone. The game kind of teaches you itself. And I think that's very valuable. Um, the only reason I wouldn't give it a 10 is just because uh, all the shot. I don't think there's a shot that feels great to me. And I know it's hard to describe a feel and maybe it's just those fucking remake flippers. But even back in the day, 
I was so used to like water world of these giant scoops and these easy things to hit. And then like, well, you have to kind of sniper shot some of these ramps to, to, to do everything. So I'm, it's maybe my own personal ability. I'm knocking it just a little bit. So I'm going to give it a nine. Um, yeah, I agree. How- the, the ramps can be a little finicky on the, on that game. I agree. Yep. All right, Kevin, how about the rules to you? I, I think I, this does a great job of, of like, you know, it's, it's the, the, was it the first game to do the like shoot the shot three times to start the thing? I think it might have been, um, which we, we've seen, you know, even carried forward into other games. But it, it's very straightforward. Uh, but then there's there's also, you know, more. And this was one of Lyman's uh, first games, if I'm remembering right. So like, you know, the the jackpots, you know, and multiball, like trying to to get all the like the super jackpots and things like that. So there's there's things beyond the obvious. Uh, of what to do and it's it's hard to like rule the universe on this game even though it's a, a pretty straightforward rule set so um yep. i think it's great I, i'm gonna give this a uh, nine for rules okay nick yeah i mean if we were in the mid to late 90s this game would get a 10 on rules but as we're reviewing this in you know 2022 mm-hmm. um you know the rules are like a, a five right now in terms of what it's competing against you know like if you release this game today and it was going up against Godzilla and you're talking about the rules like it's it's half of what's in that game. Um, yeah. So it's great. It makes sense. It was 10 out of 10 for the time. But, you know, we're 20 some years later um, and rules typically kind of ascend downwards as as we're getting better in terms and more creative. You know, a lot of games today are built on these rules that somebody created 20 years ago and said, well, what if we did this and we can do this better? Hmm. What, so what would you get if it's like a five today and in the 90s, maybe it's a 10? I mean, I guess do your best. Give it a number. Uh, today, I, I mean, the, I'll give it a five today because I, okay. I rate everything today. I rate, every, Got it. I rate everything today. Yeah. How's it today? That, man, now you're convincing me to go lower. Shit. Uh, I am going to go lower. Damn it. Um, I initially had an eight. I'm going to at least knock it down to a seven because I agree that like if you're compared to Godzilla or Rush, uh, if you just want to go objectively complexity, it's like a three um, or but it's but I think it's at least above average because it's it's there's enough depth to like there's wizard modes uh, and you know what to do. But it's really that's it. It's sometimes like if you're uh, certain modes, there's shots that don't do shit. And I don't like that in games where like you're locked into a thing, uh, especially to a casual. You're hitting other shots and it doesn't do dog shit to, to, to what you're doing. Like, what, what am I even doing and i think that's a nowadays that would be a no-no in a rule set so yeah all right i'm I'm going down to a seven um visuals so visuals is just overall you know the art the lights anything you really see dmd whatever you want to call it let's just not take into consideration the remake i guess or i guess however you want to do it overall just attack from mars if you bought one today uh kevin what do you think for visuals great art package love love the the um overall like cabinet art uh, the play field's a little plain. I think it's got a lot of gray on it and just trying to, to visualize it. Um, the display, the, the DMD is incredible for the time, you know, like the extra wall animations and things like that. Um, overall, um, I'm going to say eight because the, uh, I like the, I like the overall art package play field's a little lacking. Uh, display is really good. So, um, I'm going to go eight overall. Okay. Nick. Yeah, I'll go, uh, I think the the back glass is fantastic. Cabinet side art is 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 solid. Um, play field, as Kevin mentioned, I mean it's it's 
it's there's not really much going on. I think it's functional. I like a, a functional art style in the play field. Like sometimes you can get you can draw a great piece of what art, but is it great in a pinball play field functionality yeah. standpoint? So I think the middle ground is something like you take the functionality of Attack from Mars and you have like a great pinball art design like Deadpool playfield and if you merge them together you know you take you know I, I think you get like the best art style possible so um I'll give it a I'll give it a 7 out of 10 all right so I'm going 9 and the reason I I would go 10 if it wasn't for the kind of the playfield which I agree it's functional and I think uh, not to just give Iron Man all the praise today. I think Iron Man, as much as it's that Photoshoppy, like whatever, is so functional into like, do you know what the rules are? There it is. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um, where that's just kind of, it, it's all function. But for me, the back glass puts it over the top with the, uh, it's kind of the the package overall with the DMD, the back glass, even just the UFOs I consider part of, you know, the art. It's just a really I don't know. It, it's like eye candy to me. It just reminds me of it. Probably nostalgic is coloring my glasses as well. It just reminds me of pinball. When someone says pinball, I think of this and um, Adam's family. So, um, you know, objectively, maybe it's a lower, little lower, but hey, fuck it. It's me saying it. So I'm going to go nine. Um, Kevin, audio. Awesome audio. Love the great call outs. Um, you know, music. I, you know, I think of like the when you lock a ball for the multi ball and the, the the trucks roll up and it makes the the fanfare it's it's really good um it's funny uh, uh, this is a 10 out of 10 audio package in my book nick how about you um yeah i mean again at, for the time 10 out of 10 in the late nine mid to late 90s today it's still uh really good i would say it's eight, you know eight, eight out of 10 today i'm uh i have it as a 10 as well I think, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of crossed between you two. Nick's bringing the actual logic uh, to these scores, unfortunately. and uh, But I'm... I ruined everything. I'm sorry. Yeah. You got to bring emotion to it. It's all emotion. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> if you want to spend $8,000, do it on emotion, not That's right. Logic. That's right. You know, come on. Um, yeah, but I think the callouts alone, they're so fucking funny. And the audio of everything, the, the thing coming down, all of it just really adds up. It's functional, plus it's it's humor, and they didn't really need to do that back then. They could have just put like clink, clank, clink, you know, whatever, but uh, it's a 10. Today, would it be a 10? Uh, the audio quality would be a 10, because today's stern sometimes is, is shit. I mean, the quality, like you said, Nick, is there. You just can't hear it because the speakers are trash. Um, but back then, they seemed to, including the remake, those remakes sound fantastic, quality-wise. All right, I'm going to add these up. <laughs> So math-wise, uh, I'm at an 84%, Kevin's at an 88 and Nick is at a 72 So we kind of have it. This isn't really the, the, what matters to the game. So we all, you know, a couple Bs and a lower C, which actually I think, God damn it, Nick's probably right. You know, in today's market, it's probably lower on the list because just of rules and, and what we expect today. But what's most important, overall thoughts of the game, average, above average, love it, hate it. What do you think, Kevin? Love it. It's an all-time great. I, I have a blast every time I play this game, and I wouldn't necessarily want one taking up a spot in my house because, you know, the the what we've talked about, the uh, the rule depth and things like that, there's only so many spots I'm going to give up in my game room for a game like that. But, man, it's so fun, and it's a classic for a reason. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best 90s games 
created e- easily. And while those games are not on my radar, I have a hell of a lot of respect for the game. I recognize how good it is. Um, it's not for me at my stage in my collection, but I, I have nothing but respect for the game. I think I think it's fantastic, and I can see why a lot of people love it and want to own it. I agree. It's definitely one of the the ones up there in the pantheon of all time pinball. It's I mean, it's got a remake, you know, uh, for a reason. And every you know, the collector collector always seems to want it in every collection. The people that play it more, maybe like you or me or the three of us, don't really need it because you've either played it to death or you can play it at any location. And like you said, there's not the complexity to keep it in home, but it's there for a reason. It's a staple. It'll probably you know, go down as one of the greats of, of all time forever. And I don't know what much can really touch that medieval madness, Twilight Zone at Adam's family. Those are kind of just like these four horsemen of the apocalypse, for lack of a better phrase. All right. Well, thanks for helping me review Attack from Mars. Before yeah, I let you guys go. Us. Yeah, for sure. Think, before I let you guys go, where can people find you? Give me your plugs. I want to, you know, I want people to go see what you're doing. Hence why I wanted you on this podcast. All right. Do you want to do the honors, Nick, or you want me to? Yeah, you can find us on multiple places. Uh, you can you can find us on Facebook. Look, for, search for Buffalo Pinball. You can uh, find us as Buffalo Pinball on YouTube. That's where we archive um, both our, our our podcasts, which we do live with uh, cameras, so you can you can watch you can watch that. Um, we uh, we're on Twitch, uh, Buffalo Pinball as well, and you can find us on all fine podcasts by by searching for wait for it, Buffalo Pinball. bro do you even talk pinball here's the thing that that people don't realize a lot of times is we do giveaways anytime we do a bro show we do a giveaway and uh the 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 stream bro do you even pinball where we play and in the first 15 minutes of the stream you got to show up and we give away ridiculous amounts of prizes uh our sponsors like uh pin stadium give away full sets of pin stadiums that are like 400 dollars prize wow yeah we'll we'll get like 20 30 entries to a, a, a a raffle so odds are good you like pinball, you want to win stuff, uh, learn a little bit about these games, the, follow the, the Twitch channel, turn on those notifications, and, and jump in when we're, when we're doing a bro show. Do you have it, and sorry if I missed it, a, a schedule of when you do these? T- uh, is it like every Tuesday, every Thursday, every... Yeah, so we used to be a lot more uh, like on a weekly schedule. We've kind of like, oh, since the pandemic, it's like, all right, let's just get together when it makes sense and when we have something new to do and uh, not try to force it and have it fun. So we've been doing it on Friday nights, 8 Eastern usually a couple times a month uh, for those streams. Otherwise I'm on Monday nights at eight, just doing casual stuff. We have a, we have a team of streamers on the channel. So we have uh, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday nights with uh, small town pinball and uh, Tuesday nights with Dave from Dave's arcade, formerly of uh, American pinball, but uh, he, he wisely uh, pieced out of there <laughs> recently. too. So. <laughs> but, I love uh, small town yeah, pinball. Yeah. They're awesome. a great team of streamers. Uh, happy to have them with us. And uh, yeah, so we do the bro show on top of that. And then we also do the, uh, the podcast live on Twitch, and then we push it out to all the other channels too. I, I'm in there sometimes lurking on the, on the Friday podcast. Next sometime, I'll uh, I think my Twitch name is like Pinball Party something. So I'll I'll say hello sometime, and if I ever win something, I'll give it away to, to one of these listeners. But uh, yeah, everyone, go. go check it out. Go win shit. I mean, pin stadiums. Fuck me, that's not like a five dollar mod. That's 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 something valuable. Speaking of valuable mods, it was even in one of our lists. So. Yeah, go check them out, uh, Buffalo Pinball. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate you guys joining me. Um, I wish you best of luck in the endeavors, and hopefully this is not the last time we talk. Thanks. Well, again, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, it's always uh, nice to hear from somebody that's you don't know saying nice things. So to have somebody say, hey, this, this person was saying really nice things. Uh, and thanks for having us on. It's been a blast. 
Yeah, it's you been bet. fun. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Nick. See you guys. Man, that was so kind of them to join, and and it's so fast. It was like two weeks. God. Uh, anyways, huge props to the Buffalo Pinball guys. They've been doing this longer than I have. Way more reason to listen to what they have to say about pinball than I do. Go check out their website, buffalopinball.com. Check them out on Twitch. Check out their awesome podcast, Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball? If you like the show, I guarantee you'll like that show just as much, if not more. So thanks again, Kevin and Nick. That's the show. Episode 12. It's over. Again, feel free to contact me at pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com. Call in. Leave me a voicemail. Give me your opinion. Tell me a joke. Give me some shit. 262-528-6625. 262-528-6625. Well, until next time, this is Jason with the Pinball Party. We'll see you later. Or confusion. You want to do this, Jason? You want to? <laughs> you want to find where the bodies are buried? Shit! I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs>